0: I'm Joey.
1: And I'm Jeremy. Did I leave enough pause there?
0: <laughs> oh my god. I was wondering, it back. I was wondering if you were doing a callback. but You, you uh, panicked a little and you're like, is he doing the thing? Is he going to say oh, it? To be fair, I'm always in a state of panic. <laughs> except for when I'm listening to this week's album. Oh yeah, what did we listen to this week, Joey? <laughs> we listened to a little album by a band that I like called Pile. And the album is Green and Gray. I mentioned it on my list of 2020 good albums that I liked, and we're listening to it now.
1: Yeah, so, and so you've been listening to it for about a year, at yeah. least, presumably. When did Is is this something that you discovered last year? Because it, it just released last year, right? Or this, 20, was it 2019?
0: It was uh, May of 2019 when this album okay. released. Last year, just randomly I found one of their earlier albums Mm -hmm. you're better than this is I'm pretty sure that's what it calls I'm I'm not I'm not 100% (laughs) (laughs) well I may not be if I got the album name wrong but I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's called you're better than this but I heard that album and I was just like I really like this. And there's, then I
1: there's clearly no pressure to get album titles right after last week's debacle <laughs> of me yeah. not knowing the name of either of the loath albums
0: that we talked about. That we were talking about. That was the thing. <laughs> we had just done a whole episode and we're uh, currently doing the episode. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So then I eventually found this and I was like, oh man, I really like this album. So here's where we are.
1: Hell yeah. Well, I'm glad you like it, because I may or may not hate it. And we're we're gonna be we're gonna be talking to that. So I don't know if if you have any, any more firewood you wanna huck on the fire before I light it, because I'm I'm ready to go off.
0: Well hopefully you don't chuck this album onto that fire. But uh you know, we'll just we'll just start it, man. We didn't right. start the fire, but we started with track number one firewood.
1: Nailed it. We're crushing it already. Okay. So I I listened to this album for the first time last Friday. Uh we recorded on Wednesday. I think so. I didn't listen to it on Thursday or I, okay. So I started listening to it on Thursday, right? I started the first track. I, or maybe it was Wednesday night. Even I think it was probably Wednesday night. Uh, regardless, I started the first track and I had to stop it. I'm like, I've, I've got to listen to this on Friday night because it just has that vibe. Okay. Uh, for, for me at least of just like, there, there's a specific feeling that I can't really explain that just comes with Friday night. I mean, it's the beginning of the weekend. I usually don't do anything on Friday nights, like planned. Maybe I'll play video games with friends, but it's mostly a free night for me. So it's kind of like opening me up in in a way. And I listen to it. I'm like, okay, I understand what this album's going to be, and I wanna I wanna give it a full attempt, a full respect on Friday night because it sounded really cool. <laughs> Oh my I, god! I immediately liked the sound of the first track, which is firewood. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to wait till Friday night, Friday night. I went for a walk and I played this entire album. I walked through the entire album uh, and then walked home listening to something else, but I fucking, I, it's great. I'm just going <gasps> to get that out. I really, really enjoy this album.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Uh, but yeah, firewood it's, it starts soft and slow. It's kind of got this like indie, it, uh, the, the album and the mixing of this album it all like sounds like you're listening to a live band play in like a small venue where like the vocals are, are kind of like reverby and echoey, but they're like also a little bit muted and the instruments kind of have the forefront, but they don't really overpower anything. And it just gives me the sensation of like being in a small venue for, for a live performance kind of a thing. But yeah, the song it's, it starts kind of soft and slow with some kind of like indie grungy guitar, stuff uh and the vocals come in and and it gets more of that kind of grungy punk rock sound uh, a bit Uh, the guy's voice i really like he he nails the vibe of the music he can sing really big and loud in the choruses and stuff and it's just i i want to be singing with him kind (laughs) of of a thing because i just i don't know his voice sounds great the guitars the drums it all it all sounds great and then throughout the song there's kind of like these ambient strings and effects that kind of accent this ebb and flow that kind of overtakes the whole album really it's just kind of back and forth between this calm energy and this very aggressive punk kind of energy with it, kind of gave me like a system of a down vibe in that respect where they kind of like swap back and forth between more like melodic and chill sections and then like the fast-paced new metal or whatever but not that this sounds like system of a down but structure wise it kind of gave those vibes and there's a big finale solo section that just really brings the energy. I just I don't know. I love it. I love this album. It was a great recommendation.
0: And Hell this yeah. Is, this
1: is the way to start off well, the album.
0: Man, we've been on a we've been on a good run with these past yeah. few albums. Like it's I I I'm digging the energy that's happening. <laughs> and uh I'm I'm very glad you like this. I was kinda on on I don't know. Like I was on the edge wondering if you were gonna like it or not. And it's I, I should have known that you were going to like it, yeah. but yeah, with the ebb and flow that you're talking about, that's just something that I really love about Pyle. And it's, it's just so cool. Cause it's, it feels so natural. Yeah. And there's just like times where there's a little bit of like silence almost behind mm-hmm. everything. Cause it's, he's just,
1: it does exactly. feel very empty with yeah. like the echoiness of of the vocals and and sometimes where it they often strip back to like just the vocals and like a simple guitar playing under it and it 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 gives it that kind of spaciousness
0: yeah it it's like I don't know I feel like he's kind of just like you were walking around listening to this album I feel like this is the music itself is kind of just like wandering around feeling its own emotions yeah. like go, going from highs to lows and it just feels very natural uh i like the way he sings a lot the the vocalist he's th- a vocalist and like lead guitar player i guess okay. i mean i think him and another guy chappy hole uh kind of switch but the the singer and guitar player and main songwriter i guess is rick mcguire mm-hmm. and he I just love the way he sings. Yeah. It's just so like free. It's it's like, kind of like
1: enchanting. It's yeah. just like there's a quality about it that you don't hear often.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not
1: rough. It's not like it's it's like a a negative quality. It's very smooth and very like somber and like melancholic in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, so I feel it like works. I feel like this is a pretty I guess somber album at least in in parts and he definitely has the voice to back it. Yeah, uh-huh. jumping
1: ahead be- because this is something that I didn't like really put a lot of thought into until like halfway through the album, the title of the album is green and gray. And I guess kind of also getting in- into the lyrics, I guess we'll do the lyrics for the song first, but then I'm going to kind of skip ahead in my notes just to kind of, because I have thoughts about the, the album title and how oh, it applies. I don't know if you do as well, but uh, so the song firewood, to me, it's, it feels like it's a very honest depiction of aging from the perspective of someone that's kind of in a similar mindset as me. So I find myself relating to this album in a lot of ways. But uh, he kind he, he's kind of poking fun about how people romanticize being young but really it's very difficult to be a young person it's very restrictive. And then you hit your adulthood and you're, you're more free and independent and in charge of every action you take. So there's a lot of like burden there in some aspects, but it's freeing being, being able to know that you have control kind of a thing. And then he lets the light shine on some like less positive aspects of his growth, where he talks about his, this independence and this power that's kind of like breeding almost fear and isolation from people where he's just kind of focusing on himself and he's not engaging. And over time that isolation is kind of given a bubble of ideals where he doesn't have to grow or change his worldviews often because he's not interacting with people. Granted, I don't think he's necessarily talking about himself in this scenario. Maybe he is, and he's kind of being reflective on it, but because of some of the other elements of this album, I kind (laughs) of, I kind of feel like that part of it at least is kind of judging people who grow old and never change their political ideals or whatever
0: see i think he's like i think that's like spot on like that is exactly what i get out of this song and other songs on the album and i really love that element that he brings to it because i i think there is plenty of him singing about himself Mm -hmm. to it but yeah it's i think a a lot of what he says is also like a social commentary of just people in general as well yeah but uh we'll, we'll definitely get to that yeah, at some point.
1: But for for the album as a whole, maybe this is being a bit preemptive and talking about the album as a whole before we're through the first track really, <laughs> but I, I just I think the, the Green and Gray album title has a lot of different meanings or manifestations at least within this album where initially I was thinking, okay well, green is just being young and gray is being old right? Because you're green, you're fresh, you're new to something and when you're older you start to gray and it seemed like it was an age thing, Mm -hmm. but I think it's also possible that he personifies both aspects with the ebb and the flow of the music where the more subdued relaxed stuff is the kind of older gray perspective. And then there's a lot of that more energetic, aggressive punk fuck you kind of style stuff, which is the young and green perspective of things with references being like growing old and being unchallenged in your worldviews and that stuff being, kind of the gray and then he also does a lot of like that like you kind of mentioned the, the political subcontext of a lot of this <laughs> where he's just like screaming about change and criticizing people and I, I feel like that's just kind of being this bright energetic green young figure so i, I feel like they're, that it's kind of like personifying the album title perfectly with these two aspects of their music
0: yeah, I I could not agree more. I've always seen. I mean, of course, because even in this song in Firewood, there's mention in the second verse. And when it gets dark, I will continue to stay out with my gray hairs all on the ground, with something mm-hmm. new to romanticize. Like he's talking about his his gray hair. He's aging, and I've always taken like the gray is like stone; it's unchanging. Because he does talk about being set in his ways. I like and that then, too. Yeah, and then green is like grass, trees something growing and he's right. talking about there's potential that you have potential because when you're young everything's hard and it's crazy you don't know and that's when you have your potential that you're trying to like <laughs> yeah, you're
1: forming your ideas and and you're open to changing
0: more. yeah and then you just hit a point where you're like uh oh god i'm, I'm done growing yeah like <laughs> I, I don't want to, it's too much energy to grow but. yeah
1: which is Man. something that comes up a lot on this album but yeah I think it's a very apt album title. I don't know if they're, they're, their other albums also have very apt titles or if Green and Gray is indicative of their sound overall, overall the albums necessarily, but it, it definitely made sense, at least in the context of this album.
0: Yeah, I, not to g- just keep going off track, but they do <laughs> they do have uh, pretty apt album titles, I'd say. Cool. But, uh,
1: I, might, I will definitely, definitely check out more of their albums because this was, this was great. Good wreck, Joey. Good wreck. Your performance will be evaluated at the end of the year, and I'm going to give you a five out of five.
0: Oh, thank God, because track number two is uh, your performance. I was (laughs) just racking my brain because I had recently seen a earlier this year. It was the 10th anniversary of an older album that they did. So Mm -hmm. they did a live performance of all of it. And I was like, how am I going to work that in? Cause we're talking about <laughs> the, the, the aptness of other albums and their titles. And, but no, doesn't that matter.
1: Was, we're already yeah. there. We're on track two, your performance. This one,
0: man, I like the first track. It, uh, it had like that energy, I guess, mm-hmm. where it brought in the ebb and flow. And then this one, it, I feel like it does the ebb and flow even more. And it's a shorter song. Yeah. Like, like, there's that, a that's lot of... another
1: thing that I noticed. Like they have a lot of shorter songs on this album, but the shorter ones they're very like they're concise. They they get a lot of points across. I mean, even in Firewood, you yeah. covered like three broad themes that are you throughout the the whole album, and it's a pretty short song relatively.
0: Yeah. It's it's five minutes for you people out there. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I I guess in pop standards, it's not really a short song. Yeah, but, but
0: but in my mind, like
1: I mean, they, for the amount of subject matter being covered, yeah, they do great yeah. at condensing it down and, and getting points across.
0: And I mean, part of that song is just instrumental. So really, right. it's, it's short. <laughs> but back to your performance. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's it's I'm doing it too. It's it's uh, but yeah, like the cool ebb and flow. It's like so much good effects in there with I feel like his voice gets a little bit flatter at the beginning and it's like for an effect as well Mm -hmm. he's got like a pretty flat voice over the guitar but then the drums pick up and the song changes up and the music gets heavier than even like firewood did but then he starts like bringing out the real screaming for a little bit where he's just really hitting that aggression and I just I just really love the energy that he can bring but uses well when he does bring it. I guess.
1: Yeah, because again, it's that kind of ebb and flow where, like, there there is a lot of potential for for the energy and the punk and the aggressive kind of grunge music style. But they know when to use it properly, and so it's kind of this this constant flow. Honestly, the song almost gave me like I'm not even gonna say almost. It it kind of made me remember like the Helmsley album that we did of yeah. sleepwalking sailors. Cause at least for the, the intro section or for the first part, it's very just like floaty. And I just feel like I'm kind of like floating <laughs> at sea. the sun's kind of starting to sink and, and just kind of like feeling lost. Cause there's this like, a sluggishness to the music and it kind of like numbs the brain. Like you're like a sad drunk kind of stupor <laughs> kind of, kind of a deal, but yeah. And then it picks up and, and has the more punk vibe stuff. Lyrically, this one is the more political subtext. It's not really subtext, I guess, yeah. but, it, but he like, it, to me, at least it seemed like this is just like a distract talking about how politicians aren't human and they, they try to act like humans, but it is just an act and they lie and they campaign campaign to people that are susceptible to buying into that kind of stuff. And they never really commit to anything. They just use empty words to make promises that nobody's ever going to hold them to, because once they're elected, they don't have to because they're in control. Also, potentially calling calling them lizard people, which comes up later <laughs> in, in the album as well. There was one thing I, I wasn't sure, and that's the last two lines of the album or the song. He says, with my loan offering, my loan offering. I guess the full last section is, but it has no taste, provides no sustenance talking about their words. But uh, he says it still ends up at the table with my loan offering. I'm not sure what his loan offering is that he's referring to
0: yeah that's where I'm kind of not a hundred percent on this song because yes there is definitely like the political talk in there talking about just the manipulative politicians who like don't they don't believe a word they're saying but they right. want you they want you to believe it so you'll help them
1: win whatever
0: <laughs> yeah they'll get power money whatever um but then the, the end of the song that loan offering part it it makes me think that he's also like he's talking about he's falling for it like maybe mm. he i don't know if he's talking about like in a friendship as well like comparing it to just people who are manipulative in real life and it's like he's the only one who's falling for it but i know judging by the beginning of that of the song it it doesn't seem like he's the only one falling for it but yeah. that's just kind of like at the end i was like What's his loan offering? I mean, maybe
1: maybe you're onto something with the whole relationship angle because that does seem to be one of the themes that kind of come up a few times throughout the album is the fact that he's alone. Yeah, he, He's growing old and alone and he he's used to that. So maybe this is kind of explaining a bit how he feels about other people in general and why he chooses to kind of be isolated in that aspect because he feels that everyone's just always trying to use each other. And he feels like what he is offering in a relationship is so singular and small in the grand scheme of what people want out of relationships that it's not even worth it.
0: Yeah, his his views on or his takes on this album on like just not even strictly romantic relationships, I don't think, but like just relationships in general, I can definitely relate to. Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
1: I, I'm right. That's what that's what I mean. Like when I said I could relate, like even on, on Firewood, like again, d- there's a feeling of isolation and being content with that isolation that I really relate to
0: in yeah. this album. And like realizing that there's just so much work that goes into it and people are always out there like, Oh yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Like you got you have this social circle or this friend or this person that's always whatever, and just being a person that's like I, I I can understand that you see you think that. <laughs> but, but it, it
1: requires <laughs> a lot of effort to maintain those, those yeah, relationships.
0: And, and I just don't I'm just not feeling it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's I mean some people people have different energy levels and different energy types and some people can expend more energy in social settings and some people can't. And there's nothing fucking wrong with that.
0: Yeah, it's uh I don't know. Just like all those people out there without social anxiety, maybe they're maybe it's easier for them and not saying that I, I have like terrible social anxiety. Cause I had, I do plenty of socializing, yeah. but it's just like being out
1: when you're like forced to, to interact with people and you feel obligated to do so. It's taking your very small anxiety and blowing it up on, on a bigger screen for, for you to kind of like feel swamped by or feel overwhelmed. MVP. By. Killed it track number three is on a bigger screen
0: <laughs> i was i was trying to make my way there and it just wasn't i thought happening. you were but I, I wasn't sure And i was like i don't want him to
1: go on too long if he's not so we're, we're already like 20 minutes into this episode. oh my god <laughs> okay so this
0: one this one it's two minutes and 39 seconds long it's it, so we can't be talking about it for that long it starts off it's got a lot more energy fast-paced yeah. guitar and the drums really seem to like kick it into high gear which the drums on this album i really like the way like He's, I guess if you're talking like technical skill, he, he is a technically skilled drummer, but I feel like he fits this band so well. Yeah, where, for sure. Like, he keeps up with the the speeding up, the slowing down and brings it all together in a way that I feel like really makes the it takes the music up that extra notch.
1: I agree. Uh, this one, like you said, it, it starts with that kind of that big punk energy kind of thing and I was waiting for that ebb and flow for the song to kind of calm down. And then finally that happens about halfway through the song, which I mean, again, it's only, it's a pretty short song, but like halfway through, it just felt like all of the energy is just drained out and you're left with this kind of slow, somber sleepwalk kind of deal. Uh, And then it comes back in because again, it's the ebb and flow, but the, the rough strings and the piano and that kind of like rough, Slow section really really drag, like accent it well and they, they sell it. I
0: love it. Yeah, I love it too. Especially that like I don't know. It's not the chorus, I guess, but that when they find you out, like yeah. the way he just screams that and <laughs> the vocal harmony behind it. Yes, it just really makes it. He, it's so they, like they,
1: he knows how to nail some really cool harmonies to get a specific feeling throughout this album, and I
0: really enjoy it. Yeah, it like hits me in the same way that like vocal harmonies from Alice in Chains hit where yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't sound like spot on to that but it's just got that same the, the voices just work so well together.
1: Yeah, there's definitely like a, a grunge feeling that I get from a lot of this album.
0: <sighs> but oh yeah, and and the piano is I guess not introduced here but it's very prominent in the yeah. lower part of this song. And I really like the piano that they play cuz it sounds very lonely and like you just walked into a to an old dusty room and just <laughs> plonked a key. And you're like, oh, that sounds haunting. Mysterious. <laughs> Mysterious. <laughs> Lyrically. I am, I'm not a hundred percent sure on what the actual meaning of the song is, Me but too, I, I've always taken it as trying to remain a private person. Like he's trying to keep his isolation as a person, not only just who is living in an ever connected society, but also like a person who's partly in the public light. Um, and the issue, I don't know. I've always kind of thought there was like a different subtext to him talking about being such an isolated person, maybe such a closed off person, but his method of catharsis, I guess, Mm -hmm. is to write songs and his songs are public. So it's like he, even as a person who tries to remain so isolated, having your way out, it's still shared to the public. And I know he's choosing that, but it's just. I don't know. That's kind of where my mind went.
1: Yeah. I went in a similar direction. I also wrote that. I wasn't sure the intended meaning of the song, but my mind, and maybe it's just the, the time that I'm listening to it. It kind of made me think of cancel culture being a thing and how, like how on edge that makes a lot of celebrities about things from their past being dug up and revealed and suddenly they're being attacked from all angles and being ostracized because of something that they did that they would have rather kept private, obviously.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I get the knee jerk reaction of cancel culture. Like it's, I guess I can't say I get it. I don't understand the people <laughs> who are looking through like decade old tweets being like, Oh, look what you said when you were 16 yeah. or something. I mean, but-
1: it's, it's a double edged sword, right? You, Cause yeah. you want, you want to hold people accountable for their, their past actions. You can't just give them a, get it at a jail free card, but you kind of also have to be able to forgive, right? People make mistakes, people fuck up and people grow in this album. Even like it's talking about change people as they age, they they form better opinions up to a certain age apparently but, hopefully <laughs> yeah hopefully so like i, I don't know there, there has to be some give and take there
0: yeah like you want people to learn from their mistakes or mistake whatever grow as people and it seems like in a, in a lot of the situations the the span of time between whatever happened and the current day is not taken into account like right it's like, oh, you were this person 7 years ago. And we have I'm, proof
1: I'm, of it, so you are that person today. Yeah,
0: even though you probably have proof of them currently not being that person. It's just yeah. like okay, they, they but it, I feel like that's not taken into account enough and it's just like whatever, we want vengeance.
1: Yeah, they're they're just looking at, you know, the sky from another from another moon. You know, just just kind of like saying, "Oh, this is this is old" because light as light travels, you know, it ages. <laughs> so that's why that's shoehorned for the second for track yeah. four. Other moons. That
0: other moon is by the time that light gets here, we'll it's be old. done talking about this song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Indeed, this one has uh, it's a very like cinematic and chill track with some kind of like almost eerie sounds sprinkled in. Uh, dude, his clean vocals on this track they cut through with so much power, so much more than they even have in in the prior tracks when he's like, obviously not more than when he's screaming, but his clean vocals here, they just, they hit another level. And I I really love it. He also goes falsetto a bit, which Mm -hmm. uh, he does a couple times throughout the album and I'm okay with it, but I (laughs) I much prefer him not falsetto.
0: I like it because I feel like it, it works with kind of the, some of the more off kilter parts of I guess his clean singing, where it's like yeah. he's still keeping like an uneasy feel, a, a, a slightly off feel. Right. In it. it sounds good, fine, uh, but but yeah, if you like this song, they he just put out. I think it was just him put out uh, songs to get songs known together alone, and it's like reworkings, acoustic versions of oh. a lot of the previous songs. And I feel like he does a really good job of keeping, keeping true to the originals, but still making good arrangements in acoustic. And this is one of the songs on there. And I like that version too.
1: Interesting. I'll definitely check it out after this podcast. Lyrically, this one, it, I couldn't get a deeper meaning on this one necessarily. (laughs) It's, it seemed like he's just talking about, you know, other solar systems, moons, or more specifically, how we on earth glorify our moon with myths and legends. And, and we, we give it so much pop culture fame, I guess for being, being the moon.
0: See that I, 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 I couldn't feel if I was digging too deep or making too much, like looking too far into it, but it definitely could just be taken as talking about our moon and, our like relationship with it, or mm. with with other moons of other planets, or whatever. And then I was like, there has to be deeper meaning, which there doesn't actually have to be. I just wanted there to be. I guess
1: it seems like there should be, especially amidst this album. It so may- I, I'm not I'm not gonna say that you're
0: wrong in, in looking for that. It made me think of like transactional relationships, or at least like passing relationships, and how we can kind of just leave people in our wake once they're out of focus like we mm-hmm. we are the suns or the planets or whatever i know i know the moon doesn't go around the sun people are you sure i, I misspoke <laughs> around our planets we are our own planets and other people are we view other people as orbiting around us at least like it seems like with the very me forward just like online yeah. society and i don't know just how people can kind of orbit you and you don't even really realize it, or they're just gone. And it's, I don't know. That's kind of where my mind went, but now Mm -hmm. that I'm saying it out loud, I don't know how much sense it actually makes. I mean, it makes more sense than just being a
1: song about the moon. Well, I don't know if it makes more sense. It's a more interesting context than just (laughs) being about the moon. Like I got, I I didn't want to spend too, too much time pulling out my hair, trying to drive meaning into it.
0: Well, that's good because then we'll have more time to talk about track number five. Hair
1: killing it. We're back on it. We had nice. a little little speed bump with with other moons, so good, <laughs> but, but we're back in it tonight.
0: Hell yeah! This one is uh, it's one of my favorites on the album. And yeah, I
1: think I think it might be my favorite, if not one of my like top two or three.
0: Hell yeah! It's just it keeps the chill atmosphere of other moons, but it starts to bring a little bit more energy to it there's just parts of the sound song that sound lost. Like I was talking about earlier where it's just like, I'm just aimlessly wandering around. Sometimes there's music, sometimes there's not, but it's just like, I don't know the, the, the silence that they bring in this song, it really, it's almost as impactful as the music for me where it's just, I'm kind of just sitting there and all these things are just happening to me. I'm meandering around yeah. in search for something. Maybe comfort? Maybe freedom? I don't know. But the cello string things come in softly and kind of just whisk me away whenever I'm listening to the song.
1: Hell yeah. This one, it it was more like steady in like tone and energy level than like the ebb and flow that we've been talking about in a lot of the other tracks. This one's more of a, a one note thing, but it still has a very nice build and a lot of progression to it. So it, it's not like calling it one note is offensive because it's not. It just it doesn't bounce to the extreme of, of hitting that aggressive punk sound. This is one of the more like chill sounds. I like his, his vocals on this. A lot of times it, it kind of has like a conversational flow to it where he's, where it sounds like he's just kind of like talking and, and just kind of like rambling on about whatever is coming to mind without like, with, without being super poetic about it and without being super well thought out about it. Just kind of like, it, it feels like familiar. in in like relationship with the song or whatever, but yeah, really like the song. The lyrics are not an exception. I, even on the service level of the song, I love the lyrics to (laughs) the song, Uh, but digging deeper to me, the song's about accepting that what you think your actions mean and what they actually mean aren't always the same or how you want something to happen. Isn't always how you make it happen because it's so easy to get caught up in the heat of debate And lose sight of what you actually believe and it's so easy to exaggerate your feelings to get your point across that oftentimes you can kind of be perceived as a caricature of what you actually want to be or what you're actually trying to be and he kind of goes in a circle at at some point uh when he says i went from one reason to none to as many as i could argue and back to zero because i could fight but i don't want to i'd rather recite my fate which is kind of going back to what you already said about when you get old you just you don't give a shit, you don't want to fight anymore, you just like, this is, this is who I am, kind of a thing. But to me, this more specifically meant that he was like, starting out, he had a reason to believe in what he did. And then he felt like he didn't have to justify his beliefs to anybody. And then he got defensive, and he's like, okay, well, I have to keep coming up with so many reasons just to keep defending myself and countering what somebody else is saying and arguing. And eventually he just became so exhausted with doing that that he's kind of back to where he was and he's just like look this is what i believe i don't have to convince you otherwise and i'm happy to accept that and i'm I'm not going to change my mind i can see that you're not going to change your mind kind of a thing which again kind of throwing back to firewood of people being unchallenged in their views in old age uh it's great and then the chorus has this kind of like imagery of a being a tangled ball of hair with other people Which to me seems to be acknowledging that like everyone is so invested in the opinions of others that it becomes hard to really tell what is your belief and what is somebody else's. Yeah. That was a lot of rambling, I'm sorry.
0: I mean, it's, I feel like this is a pretty deep song, I guess. And again,
1: they cover so much like lyrical breadth within the course of four and a half minutes. It's, it's
0: insane. And it, it's just so great. Like there is not a lyric in this song that I don't just love. Yeah. It's just even starting off. Like, so the chorus is talking about this mass of hair. Like I feel some hair that's hanging off of me. It's not mine, nor do I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And once again, talking about like what his want to be isolated or to be free, just free of other people, free of society and realizing the cost that that has. He's, this whole thing is written from a place where he's weighed the pros and cons and he understands and feels the negatives. It's not like he's so cold that he can't comprehend Mm -hmm. the negatives. He's just like, shit, I got a life that I'm, I want to live my life the way I want to live it. And I understand that that comes with the, the bad parts of loneliness, I guess. Yeah. But so it starts off. I used to think there was just one puppeteer pulling on all the strings, but now it seems like we're all tugging on something in one old big, one big old tangled mess. And that that just really hits the hair analogy, I guess, yeah. where it's like you used to think that there was purpose to what you were doing, and what like like you said, it was just I do a thing, this is what happens, and it really is okay. I do a thing. This causes this person to do a thing, and this—it's like dominoes, just going yeah. fucking. It's just nuts, and he'd rather uh, not be a part of that, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I also really like the the last <laughs> half of the chorus that that you didn't read, which I'm going to read because I just I, I really like. He says, do "I will it. I will pull for you if that's what you want me to do, but I like to walk fast, and I demand you allow me to," kind of a thing. Which again, this is kind of restating that like he has he knows what he wants. And he's okay, like accepting that there's gonna be some give and take. But if 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 you guys are all gonna be in this together, like you gotta let me do my own thing, kind of a thing, which I'm I'm down
0: for. Oh my god, it's yeah, this song it's just like so fucking deep, so dense. It's like a labyrinth with no center. You're like every time you take a turn, you're like ah shit. But there's also this.
1: Yeah, you just keep wandering deeper and deeper, and there's never there's never a resolute. There's no there's no reward like uh, the next track, which is a labyrinth with no center. I did one. You did one. <laughs> we're doing it. We're, we're sharing the load, Mr. Frodo. Is that what they say? <laughs> yep. is, is that the Lord Share. of the Rings reference I need to make?
0: Share the load.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for those, for those uh, listening, I might get a lot of flack from this, from our one viewer listener. Hi, Ben. Shout out to Ben, by the way. Ben, he's Ben's, the man. Ben's the most consistent listener we have. Uh, but I, I'm not a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I don't. I don't know if I've actually seen all of the movies, to be honest. Yeah,
0: because you just... fell asleep.
1: Yeah, cause they're not. My, they're not my cup of tea. <laughs> but a labyrinth with no center. Track number six. This one starts with a, a very lovely acoustic guitar, and it's backed up by the droning like strings and cello from the last track at the end. Uh, And it kind of has some like slight doodling on some clean electric guitar that just sounds nice. It gets a bit spicy slash jazzy with some of the chords that come in to progress the song. The build overall is pretty great. And then it leads into this big, like raw punky explosion again that you're kind of expecting from Pyle at this point. The song covers a lot of ground with its ebb and flow in just like four and a half minutes. It's just constantly back and forth. And there's a really, really awesome bridge section that has some like really driving toms and some fuzzy bass and some radic guitar and effects and it just kind of like it kind of like leads you on this kind of crazy insane journey and then ends with this big like final big punk section at the end and I, it's it's very impressive i like the song a lot
0: hell yeah this one it i feel like it really personifies kind of that that ebb and flow sound where it's it really hits the high i guess where Other songs maybe were more laid back. This one really shows you how far they can go. Like it really brings the intensity and the screaming and everything's just super like fast paced and in your face where a lot of other songs are kind of slow. Even if they're heavy, there's still like, there's a slowness about them. Yeah. Uh, Lyrically. I think this song is about trying to navigate surface level acquaintances and not really seeing the point in it. Like interesting. To hit, to, I guess, kind of hit another, like the same point we've been, I've been hitting. It sounds like you might have something different. I do. But uh, (laughs) expecting that you can just live this easy life where you don't need anyone close, close to you. And then having to deal with the practice of that, I guess.
1: Yeah. And that's definitely a very likely theme. But for me, I, I don't know. This one, it seemed to be the inspiration for the album's title and theme of Green and Gray where it seems like the the singer's going through an experience of trying to find peace somewhere else. After all, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, kind of a motif coming in here where he's, he's navigating this labyrinth. He's going through his life and he's trying to find the reward, but he just comes out on the other side. There's no center or end point to his journey he just he goes through this experience and he ends up on the other side and on the other side of the labyrinth guess what it's the same shit that he started with <laughs> he's just outside of this labyrinth and, and nothing's different uh and with this realization it seems like this is the point where he's kind of finally losing that like energetic ever-changing green mentality and accepting that like you know what it's it's shit everywhere it doesn't matter what i go through there's no point kind of a thing so i'm going to stop trying to find better and just kind of accept my my stagnation in life.
0: I feel like yours is probably right, S- considering the song is called A Labyrinth with No Center. That just- I mean,
1: it, just to me, that it seemed like that a labyrinth with a center would theoretically mean that there is an endpoint, right? There's a reason to it. There's a, there's, there's, there's a do payoff. There, yeah, there's a reason for it, which I mean, also kind of goes into what you were saying about he clearly feels that way about relationships because he's kind of avoiding them and maybe even this is maybe going a bit far saying a labyrinth with no center isn't necessarily saying that the reward isn't there maybe he's just avoiding it maybe he just never sees the center of it because he's too busy you know skirting the outside of the labyrinth and he's just going from one side to the other and that's his experience with relationships is just a very surface level thing where there's not something deeper in
0: because goddamn are those time wasters I understand. I understand that, like, you need to maintain like work colleagues or whatever. Not, you know, I guess you don't need to, but it it helps. It helps. Yeah, like it helps you earn more money eventually,
1: <laughs> and that's that's the point of life, right? Is to yeah. make as much money as possible yeah. before so dying. Ma-
0: make sure to ask how everybody's weekend was, and
1: get yeah, go and- go buy our merch as well to help us make as much. We don't have merch.
0: I was about to say, when was, when did this happen, Jerry? We don't have any.
1: I do have a Feedback Blue hoodie that Julie got me for
0: Christmas last year, which is Hell yeah. pretty dope. But
1: that's neither here nor there.
0: Yeah, it, I bet it would feel really good in the soft hands of Stephen Miller.
1: <laughs> it would. Very soft hands, very soft hoodie. Maybe we'll sell them someday. But, uh, that day It'll look
0: better if we do, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> it, it, it will. Track number seven, the soft hands of Stephen Miller. Not the Steve Miller band, Stephen Miller, by the yeah. way.
0: So. And not just probably literally anybody else named Stephen Miller. There is one specific Stephen <laughs> Miller, but I feel like that's a very common name.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. This one, it's a very crunchy rock guitar kind of that comes in and it repeats in the right ear. And I I know we've talked about this before. I think it was on the the was it Motion City Sound one of those punk bands, whichever one Alyssa.
0: It was Motion City Soundtrack.
1: Yeah, where where we talked about having the audio in just one ear kind of kind of irks at me it's still there in the song because the, the rock guitar riff just repeats in the right ear but there is more in this track where the singers just like screaming and yelling at you and in stereo and the drums come in and it's it's reinforced that way but uh, after screaming in in angst for a few minutes the full sound kicks in and this, this is maybe one of the most punk sounding songs on the album if not the most punk song that they've done where there's not a lot of structure to it necessarily it's just like a simple riff it's got drums for accent and there's not a lot to it until until the end where it just fucking goes chaotic and and just has a, a big bang ending kind of thing it's very like aggressive and noisy
0: hell yeah it is it's chaos and it's great the bass dude the bass sounds like thunder yeah, and I'm I'm thinking it's the bass. I guess it could be the guitar, but it, I feel like it's the bass. I'm not enough of a connoisseur to be able to just <laughs> know
1: a bass connoisseur.
0: <laughs> Who is a bass connoisseur? No There's worry. like Victor Wooten, Marcus Miller. Those are bass connoisseurs. There you go. What, hey, boy, I, I, I got
1: a joke for you. Yeah. What, what do you throw a drowning bassist?
0: Uh, his amp. His amp. Metalocalypse <laughs>
1: reference <laughs> of the week. I had to get it in there.
0: Hell yeah. Oh man! Well, sorry to base it's out there, but also not, not sorry, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, lyrically, this one he, he's screaming about Stephen Miller, who is apparently an assistant to the Donald Trump, and he's he's just like screaming about him being a shitty two faced politician that thrives on fear mongering.
0: And hey, would you look at that? He is that guy. That's <laughs> I always thought this was just about like some random Weasley person. I didn't know like Stephen Miller was a legitimate person. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, was, I
1: googled Stephen Miller and, yeah
0: yeah that's like I was doing the my research for this and I was like oh and it was like he yeah he's some super he was like the speechwriter for Donald Trump and he's like super like like ridiculously anti-immigration like <laughs> almost he like he 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 should get a medal for it like some <laughs> like some sort of uh I don't know like maybe it looks like four hammers all in a circle or something <laughs> like some kind of metal for it. But uh, this dude, he, yeah, he's just like a super shitty dude. And the song is just Fuck talking you. about what a Weasley dude he is. And there's a line in here that pokes fun at the fact that his great grandmother, of course, was a Jewish immigrant who fled to America to escape persecution. But now he seems to have conveniently forgotten that fact just yeah, three well, generations ago. It's because it, it makes some money. You know, it's all, yeah, it's
1: that, all about fucking money.
0: That's very true most people will will sell out every like their next door neighbor for some money
1: yeah it doesn't matter you know in in january he came to the country by february he, he's selling them out like he's some sort of fucking lord of calendars
0: yeah the lord of yeah. calendars really would sell <laughs> what, out what a fucking
1: horrible segue
0: i mean it's it's a tough track track eight it lord is. of calendars like <laughs> what <laughs> yeah
1: this one it, it takes a step down in energy from the prior track but it definitely doesn't come completely down it's still very like punky and rocky at, at times but with a little bit less screaming and aggression there are some smooth sections that are just great and it, it, it just like the zoning out aspect of it just felt like catharsis after screaming so much in the prior track where this is just like okay i can take a deep breath now i've said what i've what i've said and this is just me kind of mellowing out uh, and then there's a transition around like the four minute mark that just goes in a completely different direction with uh, the chord progression that i was expecting which which caught me off guard but i loved it and then it kind of ends with this big punky finale
0: hell yeah it's man that bridge that they got in there yeah it's <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that was the part that you were talking about i because think so it's uh man i just love it it gets stuck in my head all the time And it's just great. And I love it. And I love the energy. And I'm just going to say I love it again. You love it?
1: You love the Lord of Calendars?
0: Well, from like this point on to the end of the album, it's just like a bunch of hits for me. Interesting. I hate the rest of this album. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) Lyrically, I think this song is about trying to manage several, I don't know, I guess, obligations social obligations or just life obligations and just trying to keep like kind of what he was talking about with hair where it's like everything's kind of just interconnected and you you're just like shit man i do i have enough energy to devote to all of this stuff and in the end you end up choosing the one and devoting all of your energy to that one and kind of just being like i'm just gonna do my thing over here
1: yeah it's kind of this theme of focus that was kind of again alluded to in firewood there's a lot of themes in firewood that come up again on this album and i really enjoy that about this and this kind of seems to be talking about the focus aspect of it where like it it just it it again kind of basically what you said it feels like he's kind of like settling down and focusing on what's important to him instead of trying i took it in in the more like social way of like throughout this album a lot of what i've been talking about is trying to change the opinion of other people or dealing with other people trying to change his perspective so instead of him trying to like please them or change the opinion of other people he's just focusing on what he wants instead of kind of trying to be there for everyone else and do do what they want him to do
0: yeah it's uh it's a recurring theme and I could keep, I could keep saying that over here with my bruxist grin. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I was, I
1: was ready to go with the, the recurring theme being like some sort of reoccurring nightmare where you're sleeping at night and you're just grinding your teeth because you're it's, it's so intense. And from the out, outside perspective, you know, you just, you got this bruxist grin.
0: What uh, is bruxist?
1: Bruxism is grinding your teeth. It's the oh. word for grinding your teeth. So Shit, like, dude! A, a, a clenched jaw. Is, is a Bruxist grin. I do that, doing that. Yeah, I but totally track do. number nine is Bruxist grin. That's why we we were talking about this. <laughs> I don't think we, we clarified this one. Nah. It it's simple and it's sweet with the clean guitars to kind of mell you out, and then wham, you get hit with this like psychedelic rock riffage that just wakes you the fuck up. There there's not a whole lot else to say about it, uh, at least from my perspective on the music. It kind of transitions back and forth between this kind of groovy psychedelic feeling and the more like
0: indie chill vibes they have got going on. Yeah. I definitely like the guitar riffage on this one that like you said, psychedelic feel and, and the vocals of course, because especially the end, it's just, man, the way he delivers all of the lines, it just, it's great. But uh, especially the, the second time around at the end, like the very last where it's like the instruments kind of back out and it's just him. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's great. Uh, this one, I think that this song is about the anxiety of like feeling trapped, like feeling like you've gotten yourself in over your head in a situation where, like in Lord of Calendars, he's talking about, I guess, strapping it all to one horse is how he put it. Yeah, and uh,
1: this is the the analogy in the song is that he started out with a bunch of different horses pulling in different directions, and now he just has one horse that's pulling in one direction, kind of. Thing. Yeah,
0: and. Uh, I feel like this is not necessarily the consequence of that, but I don't like the trouble either way part makes me think that he's at a point where he's just like damned if I do damned if I don't. Type. Yeah. Like, do I try to deal with having all these, I don't know, all these eggs up in the air that I'm juggling or do I so th- I don't get egg on my face or you
1: it, you're just laying on the idioms
0: man i'm, I'm <laughs> like i start i'm thinking faster than i'm talking and this is yeah. always the case and i'm just like eggs they're in the air eggs <laughs> you... egg on
1: face eggs in the air juggling fragile yeah i also couldn't really get uh, a good beat on the meaning of this one other than like a vague stress feeling so i cheated. Yeah. uh I, I scrolled down a little bit on genius <gasps> Yeah, okay, yell at me, but I, I needed to know because I, I couldn't get anything. McGuire explained that the experience that inspired the song, he, he said, quote, I just know that there's a bunch of change that's going to happen in my life real soon, and my body is reacting to all of it. So, I mean, it it was not any deeper than, than just the vague stress feeling that we both kind of already picked up on.
0: So stressful. surprised me. The kind of stress that would make you grind your teeth. Kind of stress that would make you feel so small, just like a bug on its back, ready to be <laughs> squished.
1: Track number ten is a bug on its back. Bug, bug, ladybug, ladybug. Lady Fucking presidents of the United States of America. They like Hell something yeah. about bugs, man.
0: They do. I didn't even realize that until you started to sing Dune buggy and I started to say Ladybug. I was like, <laughs> they shit. Like bugs. But we're this talking is...
1: about pile.
0: Yeah, we are. We're, we're and... on the
1: home stretch. We got what four tracks left.
0: Yeah, and this is another one that it's just got such a smooth transition from the last song. Yeah. Like I feel like the second half of this album it's just it could be a, a song with how they write songs because they're even in their songs they're so different. So I feel like this could just be one long song that's just ever changing.
1: But I'd be interested to to hear a long a long, you know, 15-minute song from them in that style. I'd be
0: down for it. Well, maybe maybe it exists. Maybe. And maybe I'll find it for you. But you know, this is, it's just another great song. Like, I can't exactly say it's up there with like hair or anything, but man, I love the energy on it. Like, when it ramps up towards the end and gets all heavy, like through the guitar yeah. solo, and it's just, man, and then the vocals come back in with him just like screaming. And yeah. It's just The, oh, the, it's just the whole great.
1: like last section of the song, it just, it comes back with blistering intensity and you just kind of speed like some fucking roller coaster that's about to ramp off the rails. It's just, it's insane. I really like the song. Again, the vocals, the vocals, definitely like, I don't know, they nail it. He nails it. Every track, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Is it Rick McGuire?
0: Rick McGuire. Good on you, buddy. You fucking, hell yeah.
1: You can sing and you know how to support it with the music going on or maybe vice versa. Maybe the music comes first and he's just good at fitting his vocals in. Regardless, I also... I just I like the track uh, lyrically. This one's pretty, pretty simple. I mean, it's another like short. They, they have a lot of songs where they, they don't actually have a lot of lyrics and if they still manage to say a lot, this one, it, it seemed like he's just like, you know, like from the perspective, presumably of another politician, because he seems to hate politicians, which <laughs> I, don't, I can't blame him. But it, it seems to be him just saying like, you know, who, who cares if the poor are struggling? There's probably nothing you can do to help them. It'd just be a wasted effort to to help a bug on its back. It's just going to die anyway, you know. Nobody would even miss the bug. Just fucking, just fuck the poor.
0: Yeah, because that, that, that probably honestly is what, like all the politicians are just like, and I know I sound like I'm making a joke right now, but I'm not. I feel like there's got to be some people out there that are just like, laughing their asses off all the way back to their fucking mansions. Yeah. Just being like, we am not going to made- help
1: the poor. They, they, what, if I donate a million dollars to the poor, they're all still going to die at one point. Yeah. Does it make?
0: And then I won't have a million dollars. It's like, it's, fuck you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> God fucking damn! It should have stayed in space. <laughs> Your fucking ass wipe. <laughs> oh, but yeah, boy. you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. That's, that's what the song is. With, I can say with absolute certainty that is what the song is about.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty apparent that the guy does not like rich people. if If you work at Amazon, you need to write a strongly worded letter to Jeff Bezos, ask him to help you out and you can you can start it by saying, my employer, Jeff Bezos, give me money.
0: And then let, listen to track number 10 off of Pyle's album Green and Gray, titled My Employer.
1: <laughs> Maybe a, a kind of jury-rigged segue, but you know. Eh, that's fine. It worked. This one's a very smooth follow-up to the very like boisterous uh, energy of a bug on its back. Uh, it's kind of a nice melancholy break to help round out the end of the album. This one feels like the energy is kind of coming down for the, the end of the album, and I like that.
0: Yeah, this is definitely on like the downslope, um, and yeah, I really like the song. It got it actually did get an alternate release where it's heavier. Oh, interesting. Which sometimes when I'm listening to it, even before I knew that there was an alternate version in my head, I could hear it as a heavier song. Yeah, and so it it just seemed. I'm I'm assuming they had the same thought and were just like, "Fuck it, we'll do two of them," <laughs> which. That's awesome. Thanks. We'll do, we'll do a
1: green version <laughs> and a gray version.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, one of the few songs that doesn't really change up too much throughout. And I appreciate it for that. It's not as off the rails as some of the other tracks, but it's just like a slow, thoughtful, slightly somber song about like self-realization. I think. Yeah. Like, what What do you get from this song, Jeremy? So
1: this, this supports my, my green and gray theory being represented in the vocals, I think where the last track was the green with all the aggressive screaming about people not changing. And this track immediately comes in with him saying, I'm aware of my age, my impermanence and so forth. I've made arrangements to change, but my nature will make its case, which is very much that the gray perspective that I've posed for this album. Because of that though, I'm not really sure at this point, if the gray and the green are supposed to be the same character at two different points in their life, or if it's two characters at one point in time, kind of a thing. But uh, I find myself enjoying the gray sounds and lyrics more than the green, where it's the more calm. Because, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just because I don't listen to a lot of punk, or maybe I don't listen to a lot of punk because of it. But it's all just screaming, like, fuck the people in power to me. And that gets old for me. Uh, so I, I, don't know. I feel like I enjoy the gray sounds of this track more than A Bug on Its Back, uh, with just all the screaming about rich politicians and whatever, because it's all been done before. But I'll returning- give you some...
0: I'll give you some good punk about not about. There was this one dude at Planet X Fest that I went to, and the whole song was just about a chupacabra, and the whole <laughs> song was just like chupa 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 chupacabra, and like, yeah. it was great. But continue.
1: But yeah, so th- this one again, I-, I remembered, called back to Firewood. And it seems like it returns to another theme that was set forth in Firewood, that the singer is accepting that he's better off single because he just can't make relationships work. And I really like one of the verses. He says, I found fire when I was 12. It's lasted over 20 years, and I can count on one finger the people who can hurt me now, which is just great lyricism. Hell yeah, it is. But it, it returns to the fire of track one being Firewood. And he talks about it being used to keep him warm when he doesn't have a partner, when he doesn't have somebody else to lean on and he survived long enough. So like that isolation from people is protecting him from people and their wrongdoings inherently because he, he can't be hurt by people if he's not near them.
0: Yeah. Like the lyricism on this song is I'm glad you pointed out that line because I was going to, if you didn't, it's uh oh got it's just such, and the way he sings it too yeah. is just oh God, but yeah, so this song it's about yeah, him growing older,- re- realizing that he's gotta kinda he's made the choice to be alone at this point, mm-hmm. like and just just the way it ends too, like so, I guess before I say that, I should talk about. The fact that my employer i think that's him like he is his own employer because he makes music and i've kind of s- always seen this song as him being like look i love to make music i love to like this is what i want to do this is what i'm right. doing and if like that is a part of his choice to have been alone at this point where he's like i i just got i gotta put this first like he keeps saying work comes first yeah and the way it ends, so work comes first. I'm sorry if I shut off. I've never been able to do both. So I keep my nose down. And if it means a movie alone, it could be worse. And that's Hell just yeah. like, he's, at this point, he's like, I get it. I understand that other people want or need things from me. I understand that. I guess maybe there would be positives to it. But he's like, this comes first. This is this is my thing. I right. make music i've chosen this and that that's what i do
1: yeah and a lot of people especially when they're looking for a relationship don't want to come second to work and that's kind of i mean like the, the quote-unquote rock and roll lifestyle right is you, you have to put the music first and some people are cool with it some people are totally fine with being second to your career and more power to those people good on you but it, it seems like Mr. McGuire has not had that experience. And so it's just like, <laughs> look, like I get it. Relationships aren't going to work out just because I'm so invested in my, my music career.
0: And I got to say, I'm glad, not glad that for you're sure. alone, I guess, but I'm glad you're very, I'm invested. glad he's alone. Cause if he wasn't alone, he wouldn't be writing this shit. You know, I guess that's true. So <laughs> thank you for being alone and writing this album. Taking one for the tear. Hell yeah. <laughs> Taking, 13 for the team because there's 13 tracks Tracks. on this album
1: yeah we need to find some some better places to hide your weird anecdotes what it's not even an anecdote it's just like a
0: that's a fact just a a fact your
1: weird (laughs) weird facts we need to find better hiding places to put those so they don't they don't come out hide them somewhere deep in your mind
0: well track 12 is long enough to hide plenty of shit in there so track 12 hiding places (laughs) (laughs)
1: don't hide your weird facts joey I appreciated it. I thought it was humorous. Thank you. It was just weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've accepted my weirdness. Good. In old age, like he's talking about becoming gray. (laughs) I like there's, I used to be afraid of looking into somebody's eyes while I'm talking to them and being able to just tell they don't give two shits because i don't either yeah i'm just talking my brain is on to a different thing (laughs) and my mouth is just continuing talking and it's like seeing the light leave their eyes and i used to be so afraid of that now i'm at a point where where i can look at it and be like ah shit i'm doing it again but that's (laughs) i'm not gonna beat myself up over it like it's probably happening right now
1: (laughs) nah i'm totally engaged with your story track number 12 hiding places (laughs) again (laughs) So it starts with some very, like, atmospheric ambience, which is really cool. Uh, You can kind of hear him talking or singing in the distance through, like, a megaphone or something distorted and fuzzy, but I couldn't really make out what he was saying. And then the song, quote-unquote, starts uh, with this, like, big and powerful but also not, like, fast and aggressive kind of section where it it feels like it knows the pace it needs to have to get the point across where it kind of rides that line of being powerful but not aggressive. Which is very a, a very delicate line, I think. Uh, and then it strips itself bare when the vocals come in, and it kind of like slowly reassembles itself for a little bit. Uh, there's some really cool, like mysterious chord progressions that give some really groovy vibes that I like throughout the song. The big loud power eventually does come back completely for a a nice like instrumental solo section and stays around until the end with some like feedback and amp noise and stuff that kind of drones for a good 20 seconds at the end of this track that that gives this song kind of the feeling like this is this is the end of the album even though there is another track after it
0: yeah I feel like this is the climax of the album like the big ending but then there's also an after
1: epilogue kind of thing
0: yeah and God, this song, it's just like a great blend of all of the sounds that I love in music. The heaviness, without going too heavy, they maintain the slowness in it. And it's just, it sounds like one of those, like, I I guess they're like the drone type bands that are just like super slow. All their songs are like 20 minutes long because they're playing (laughs) one note every like five measures. Yeah, which (laughs) I
1: mean, kind of going back, that's kind of what, uh sleepwalking sailors by, by helms all felt like it was a lot of that kind of like droning and and just kind of like floating out in the middle of sea
0: hell yeah but it's nice and i like it and i feel like the music really does a good job of orchestra like illustrating what he's talking about and how he's singing like everything just kind of seems to be one one being where whenever he's getting a little bit quieter the music is and whenever he's bringing it back up the music is coming back up with them
1: yeah it's a very good range of sound volume and and tone and emotion and and it's just this is this is the piece de resistance of the album the chef's kiss the chef's (laughs) kiss lyrically and musically uh i feel like this track solidifying its place as like the climax as the ending Of the album, it it feels like it's melding both of the green and the gray attitudes that I've kind of personified throughout this album, where it it seems like he's criticizing someone for fooling the world. And since they pulled it off, they were able to and/or forced to flee and live in isolation, disconnected from society. So it seems like the truth was revealed before they were outcasts that they had fooled the world and now they have to go and live with their their guilt or their shame for the rest of their life. Maybe referring to himself and this is where I kind of mentioned it uh, either I think it was in the last track where I wasn't sure if the green and the gray were two different people or if it was one person and this kind of like solidifies that I think it, it was it might just be one person one character. Maybe not himself, but also maybe he does feel it somewhat of himself and it's just making it bigger than it than it really is. but it, it it seems like this is melding those kind of like isolation and old and being cemented in your reality away from everyone else because of things that you did when you were younger, because of the the change and and the, the green quote unquote that you've had in your past.
0: Yeah, I've definitely always felt like this was where green became gray. Yeah. And the the opening, I guess, lines that he's saying, he repeats at the end, but they're collectively pulling one over, together duped, universal ripoff, cosmic prank on a world of suckers. And that, yeah. I feel like that illustrates both green and gray, where he's talking about, like, you could say that about politicians pulling one over on people, like, you're all just suckers, you're you're getting... You're getting ripped off by these people. You're getting fleeced. You're whatever. And then the per- the the gray who has chosen the isolation yeah. convinced himself that he's better off without people. He right. could be saying but, that, but about... he's also
1: lonely. So he's yeah. kinda like he's kind of saying that, like, yeah, I chose this life. Fuck me, I guess, because I I do want to not be lonely, but I've also made myself lonely, kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, I feel like. This is, I don't know, kind of like an attempt to be able to be like, at least I'm not a, at least I'm not a sucker. I didn't get. <laughs> right. I I chose my my life, or he's like yeah. something like that. Where especially I, I might have regrets, but the regrets
1: that I chose.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I I I chose my own path at least. Yeah, and and I, I mean, feel like
1: he, not to cut you off again. No, but ah. like he's he's this whole album. He's been like, he's been aware. Of the pros and cons. Like, I mean, you mentioned that since track one. He's been weighing that the whole time. And he's accepted that. He's like, yeah, there are good things that I'm going to be missing out. Yeah, there are bad things that I'm going to be getting by doing this. But it is my choice. And that's the life that I want to live. Kind of a thing.
0: God, dude, the lyrics are just... Like, it starts after that intro part. Another ugly portrait that I will use as an argument. And a joke I'll use as proof. Which... It could mean there's so many things yeah. that we've talked about that that could go to. That could even go to the cancel culture sidebar that we took earlier where like an, another ugly portrait that I'll use as an argument and a joke I'll use as proof could be people taking what you're saying out of context yeah. to then bring it back be like here or it could be you only looking for the bad in relationships in government in like anything that you're looking at. And being able to just be like, yes, this is, this is indicative of all of it. So I'm using this as the proof now. Right. And and,
1: think- and that like, because of that, like, again, being set in stone in your opinions, right? Like there's that green where the section of your life where you're trying to form your own opinions, where you're, you're leaning so hard into your arguments and your beliefs to try and convince other people that you're right. And this is just one of the ways that that kind of it, it builds on itself and it builds until you're just you're pulling shitty excuses out or shitty reasoning into these debates because you're you're just constantly being pressured to add more and, and explain yourself more and more and more.
0: Oh, man, I'm going to read more lyrics because uh, it's just <laughs> read the whole song, Joey. The, well, and then the next lines like it even hits on that the green and gray so much. The, the change and then the unable to change yeah. where he says, holding those cards so close that you can't read them anymore, but there's a time limit and it's the hand you have to play from now on with a pass from which you can't take off. And it's just like, so you have these big ideals whenever you're young and it causes you to make these choices, but you're so in it that you can't even re- like realize how yeah. it's affecting everything else. But then there's a time limit because you're going to hit a point where you're so set in your ways that it's the hand that you have to play from now on. Yeah. And
1: because people uh, cannot accept that you'll, you'll change and you can't, you like, maybe this is going a bit too deep, but like even, even something that I've been struggling with personally this, this past year, which is my perception of me versus other people's perception of me, which I guess kind of came up earlier on the album. Just like you're, you, you lean so hard into being a certain person that, you kind of lose sight of what you were wanting to be that you're you're that people are, are expecting you to be a certain way because you you've put forth so much effort into being that way and you've kept building and building and building on it and you've grown so far away from what you like intended at the beginning just because that's that's just how how our our human brains are dumb like that? We'll, we'll, we'll defend something to the death, even if it's inconsequential. And that kind of forms a perception of you that might not be what you wanted it to, to be.
0: Yeah. And it's just always being reinforced by other people making the comment like, oh, that's like, oh, classic Jeremy. <laughs> right. Like shit like that, where it's like, oh, I guess I'm this person now. Yeah,
1: that's me. and And you feel like that becomes a part of you. And then you have to defend that at some point. Yeah. Even though that wasn't originally a part of you.
0: Goddamn, man. Social pressure.
1: And then you, you get old and you get gray and that stuff becomes you. Fuck that. That's that's, that's my life lesson this year. Fuck that. Fuck be, that. be who you want to be. Good good on you, fucking Mr. McGuire. Rick. I couldn't think of his first name. <laughs> Rick McGuire. Even if clearly he wasn't talking. Well, I mean, I think some of this is me reading into it and applying my own context to it. But I think there's also some some of that of him just wanting to be himself and him doing his own thing, despite other people's perception of what he is.
0: Yeah. He wants to get, away. I feel like that's definitely part of the isolation that he's talking about, where he just had to hit a point where he was like, I'm out clean cut. Yeah. I'm um, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm gone. Packing I'm riding this bike. I'm riding this bike with no hands, man. Just <laughs> off into the woods.
1: Yes. Track number 13, no hands. No we've, hands. We've come to the final track. Of this uh, long episode, I'm not oh going to apologize. God. We've had we've had good fun, and we're still we're still having fun because we're riding bikes with no hands. This one's another more like chill track, and it leans into the kind of like lovely strings and the piano to kind of provide weight as this kind of like epilogue track plays out. It has some serious progression and growth in it. It swells up at times, and then eventually just kind of like abates as the waves return to the ocean kind of a feeling hits at the the end of the track
0: man this like we had said that this isn't really like the big climactic ending or anything it's more like an epilogue but i love it for that i love it so much for that like i just this album is
1: very well structured
0: it is like i feel like even though this isn't the big climactic ending it's still the ending that i want yeah, for this album. Yeah, because
1: I mean, uh, if if it had left off on hiding places, it would have ended on a high note, and it would have ended like with all this energy waiting for resolution. And that's what this track does. Is kind of like brings that resolution. It brings it to to some sort of finality.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a really, I. It gets intense, but not in like an aggressive way. I feel like right. it just gets it gets like heavy in the in the way that you're like realizing something you've hit the aftermath of hiding places and you're like shit well i'm here now
1: this This is is... this is the regret and the acceptance
0: yeah yeah and acceptance is the big thing where it's like he's just like okay well this is this is life i've made my choices and i'm accepting them at least for the time being and there, there's
1: it's kind of saying like look i've chosen to be alone all this time so i've adjusted to it i'm used to it this is who i am but what if what if i had done something different
0: yeah i definitely man and just him keeping repeating anything too stupid to be said is sung while singing the whole song (laughs) is like and having just sang a whole album where it's like it really throws it on like how much of these choices does he act like he he's accepts them but how many how many does he regret or does he Does he feel differently about now? Yeah, I
1: mean, he's once again kind of weighing the pros and cons of the life that he's chosen. And kind of this time it's more reflective than being proactive. And where throughout this whole album he's had the choice. He was green. Now he's old and gray and he's kind of like looking back and saying, you know, this is the life that I chose but I'm not 100% certain that I chose right.
0: Yeah, and he... (laughs) just the way he sings it's so conversational yeah. like <laughs> god damn he's great the second verse it seems decent enough and plenty welcoming and it's around which is more than can be said of me and even if i was i wonder if that would have changed anything and it's yeah. just like he's just like weighing all these options in his head and he's like man i don't like i still don't know yeah. but did i did <laughs> i do the right thing did i do the wrong thing like maybe i should have dropped everything and gone after it and hoped it wouldn't do what it does. But it of course does. It does.
1: Because anything stupid, too stupid to be said, is something And he's singing. <sighs> oh, God. Expert lyricism. I love this album. This was this was a great recommendation. I think it, it hit at the right time. It's starting mm-hmm. to get a little fall, which uh, I, I can definitely feel this being. It's not as warm and bright and summary as, as summer music, but it's still not, like, super cold and wintry. So, like, I don't know. This, this fits the time frame. Of my reality of music, I think yeah. perfectly, and it, it it's a good Friday night album for me. I think I love it. It's it's perfect. Next week, I've picked an album, Joey. Have and, you? Uh, I believe you've listened to this band. I don't think you've listened to this album. The album is Low Teens by the band Every Time I Die. Oh, okay. Uh, I've, I've talked about this album with Joey a few times, or at least mentioned it a few times. I really fucking love this album. Uh, it's it's got it's, it's a lot of like aggressive punk music, but it's, which I, I know I said that I hate. I don't listen to a lot of, but this is what I do listen to of it. This album specifically just like, I don't know. It has a good balance. It, it is very aggressive and very punk rock, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. This, this is what we're doing. So it's, it's again, low teens by every time I die. We're going to be listening to that this week and coming back next week to talk about it. You guys let us know what you think of this pile album green and gray or of pile or of our discussion of our thoughts if you have disagreements with what we've said let us know rick mcguire if you're listening we'd love to to have you on an episode and talk about another pile al- album or something or even this one again because it's yeah. a fucking it's a fucking good album you're an expert lyricist and songwriter
0: let's talk uh, about all of them every single one
1: <laughs> but yeah leave us some comments send us some messages show us some love uh what is slam slam that subscribe button punch and the, punch the like button
0: what does apple podcast have what button do they have i don't fucking know nobody's <laughs> listening on apple Podcasts. support us
1: is all i'm saying if you like this if you don't like this whatever leave us some dislikes yeah you know, at, least, at least then we know we know that we're being heard and people aren't liking it. no we can maybe change probably not because we're gray and old and we're, we're setting our ways
0: hell yeah we are <laughs> but
1: until then <laughs> stay in our feedback loop.
0: bye